0: Open your Bibles today, if you have them with you, and I hope and trust that you do, to the to the Gospel of Mark. We're continuing in the Gospel of Mark this morning, and chapter number 13 is where we're at. And I, uh, I'm going to be reading today, chapter 13, beginning with verse 26, and children's church is being dismissed, amen, right now, and they're going to go, and then... We'll let them go to Children's Church, and then I'll, I'll spit and sputter for a little bit, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 13, are you there? Is everybody there? Praise God. Mark chapter 13, and uh, I want to begin in verse number 26, okay? Verse number 26, And we'll read from verse 26 through the end of the chapter, of that 13th chapter. I'm reading this morning from, uh, as Brother Brankle, Don Brankle always said, I'm reading today from the Living Bible, the King James Version. So, (laughs) amen. But, uh, amen. Reading from the King James this morning, it says, verse 26, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then shall he send his angels, and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now learn, and these are the words of Jesus, Now learn the parable of the fig tree when her branch is yet tender, And puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, or it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say to you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done." Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day, speaking of the coming of the Lord, Jesus said, Of that day and that hour knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray. It's the Spirit of the Lord speaking To us today, through the Word of God, take heed, watch, and pray. For you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing, the rooster crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch, watch. Father, we thank You today for the Word of God. We thank You for Your presence here this morning in this service. We ask today that You would take these lips of clay today, that You would anoint me to minister Your Word and give me the words You would have me to say. I ask You to open the ears, the hearts, the understanding of Your church today to receive that which... You would have us to receive the seed of the Word of God. Let us hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to the church today, I pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen Amen and Amen. I remember when we were kids, and I'm going back a few years now. And uh, some of y'all just think with me today. But when we were kids, in the summertime, we played outside all day long. And uh, even after dark, we were outside uh, playing until it was time to, you know, until, until mom or grandma came out and hollered at us and told us to get in. But it was well after dark. We'd be outside playing all the time. We didn't have video games, and, and uh, we only had three channels on TV. And so, uh, but we played outside. Most, most always, most always during those times when it would get dark outside, that all the neighborhood kids would get together. And we had quite a few in the neighborhood where I, where I grew up there at my grandma's house. And um, uh, all the neighborhood kids would get together and we would all play a game. We had to wait till dark, but we would all play a game called hide and seek. And I think all of us, maybe all of us here have played hide and seek at one time or another when you were a kid. But um, the, the basically, you know, someone was chosen to be it. I don't know, I guess that's not politically correct today, but someone was chosen to be, to be it. And a spot was chosen to be the base. And whoever was it would stand at the base and would close their eyes or cover their eyes and they would count to a hundred while all the other kids ran and found a place to hide. And then it was its job to find them before they could return to the base. And the game ended when when everyone made it back to the base safe and sound or when it found someone who was hiding, then that person who was caught became it and it seemed like any time I was it I never could find anybody I stayed it a lot when we were playing hide and seek but um, uh, I can still remember though and you can remember this as well I can still remember what it would say before they came looking for those who were hiding and the person who was it would always say after he had counted to a hundred and I'm sure everybody was honest and actually really did count to a hundred one at a time I'm sure they did but I can remember what that person who was it would say when they had finished counting to a 100 they would always cry out and say ready or not here I come amen how many remember that ready or not here I come and when it said ready or not here I come you had better be ready or you were going to be one that was caught and that is exactly what Jesus is saying here today He is saying that there will be a day that he will come back to this earth again. And that day will arrive whether you're ready or whether you're not. Whether people are ready or whether they're not. And we need to understand that. And I know I, somebody said, you've been talking about this quite a bit lately, but I just feel it upon my heart, the burden of this upon my heart of the coming of the Lord because the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming back. Skeptics and scoffers deny the fact that He's coming, but they cannot change the truth of the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back and he's coming back soon. This is not a childhood game that we're involved in today of hide and seek but this this is real life today and eternity is at stake and just like in that game of hide and seek, ready or not Jesus Christ is coming back. He's waiting right now for people to give their hearts the long suffering of God is waiting for people to come in for our love ones to come in but i'm telling you what we're right on the verge we're right on the precipice of the return of the lord jesus christ and if people are not ready it's time for them to get ready today because ready or not jesus christ is coming back can i get an amen there are warnings that Jesus gives in these verses that should be heard and heeded by every single person in this service this morning. These verses that I read to you from Mark chapter 13 are, number one, a challenge for the saints to be ready, but number two, they are also a call for the lost to get ready. And Jesus is coming, and you do not want to be found unprepared. If there's one thing that I want that I want to stress today none of us want to be found unprepared at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're at that very time today so Jesus talks about the signs of his coming and Jesus makes it clear in these verses that the signs of his coming the signs that he has given in this chapter are clear signs and I want to stress that fact this morning that the signs of the coming of the Lord are not not obscure signs but they are very clear signs that point to the coming of the Lord. Now, when Jesus gave this this uh, um, this word of prophecy to his disciples there on the Mount of Olives, it was the spring of the year, and all around them there on the Mount of Olives, the signs um, there were signs that would that declared the transition of the seasons. That spring had come, and when spring comes, you know what you know the thing about spring we love is because we know that summer coming right right along behind that, amen? And so Jesus here uses a fig tree to teach a spiritual truth in verse number 28. And Jesus said that when the fig tree puts forth its leaves that it's a clear sign that summer is on the way so when the trees bud and what Jesus was saying here is and he he said in Luke that not just the fig tree but all trees you can tell that spring that summer is near spring has come and summer is near when you see the buds come out on the trees and you see the trees begin to leaf out it's a sure sign that we're in springtime and that we can prepare for summer weather well we always look for that, you know, every every year. We always look for those buds to come out and the warm weather to come. And we begin to prepare for the summer. I start getting the camper ready and making plans to go camping and getting things ready because we know that summer is is near. And so Jesus here was, was, was saying that when people see the signs that he's mentioned in this chapter and in these verses, that they will know that the end is near. the end of the age is near and that the coming of the Lord is near these signs will intensify the closer that we get to the end of the age and to the tribulation period their birth pains their labor pains that uh, that start out and become more uh, intense and more frequent the closer we get to the time of the end of this age and folks we are there today can I get an Amen. Now there's a brief overview. We've studied these signs. We've preached about them a couple of weeks ago but Jesus talked about some of the signs here in this 13th chapter of the book of Mark that would take place at the end of the age. He said that there would be false messiahs, many false messiahs that would come. He said that there would be wars and there would be rumors of wars. He said there would be turmoil among the nations and that there would be a persecution of God's people. He said there would be pestilence there would be earthquakes in diverse places and all these things would be the beginning of the birth pains the beginning of sorrows and then he gave the sign of the abomination of desolation in verse 14 talking about when the antichrist would come to power and would set himself up in the temple in Jerusalem to be God and demand to be worshipped as God Jesus said that the earth would pass through a time of divine judgment called the great tribulation period and it will be a time that none of us want to be here I'm pre. I'm a pre-trib rapture guy I'm so pre-trib I won't even eat post toasties come on somebody but I'm a pre-trib rapture guy I believe the Lord's coming to take his church out before that tribulation but there is a divine trib, a judgment of God that's coming on this earth the heavenly bodies will fall from their places Jesus said and the sun and the moon will not give her light and the universe 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 will be plunged into a time of terrible darkness you think we're in a storm now ladies and gentlemen we ain't seen nothing yet for those who are left behind to go through the tribulation there is coming a storm yeah there's coming a dark winter but it's going to be the winter of, 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 of great tribulation that's coming after the Lord comes and takes his church out of here Jesus is describing the terrible days of tribulation that's coming upon this world and even though this time is still future folks we can see, already see that the pieces are falling into place and the stage is being set for the fulfillment of these prophecies that Jesus has given in the word of God the signs are everywhere and they're pointing to the end of this age and they're pointing to the soon return of Jesus Christ and only those who are spiritually blind who want to turn their head from the That from the obvious signs the clear signs that Jesus has given only those who are spiritually blind to what is plain as day refusing to see what is coming upon this earth I'm standing here today as the Lord has said and instructed to be a watchman on the wall and to lift my voice as a trumpet and to tell his church and anybody else that is listening everything that's going on is not just happenstance everything is being set up for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the ushering in of the tribulation period the signs are everywhere and they are clear signs they should not be missed by anyone and they are signs Jesus said in verse number 30 that this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place He was saying that the generation that witnesses these signs will not pass away until all these have been fulfilled, until the tribulation, the rise of the Antichrist, tribulation, and then the second coming of Jesus. Once these things begin to take place and intensify, that that generation that is alive to see them will be the generation still alive to see the coming of the Lord. And I'm talking about the second coming. Some people teach different things about this passage. There are those that teach that Jesus is comparing the fig tree to Israel and that when Israel began to show signs of life, that that generation is the generation that will witness the return of the Lord. But Israel became a nation on May the 14th, 1948. That was 72 years ago. And a Bible generation commonly by most Bible theologians and scholars is referred to as a Bible generation or a generation is 30 to 40 years. So that would kindly leave that out. I'm not saying that's so or not, but I, I just think Jesus is saying something else. Others believe that Israel began to blossom as the fig tree when they begin to put, and put forth leaves in 1967 after Israel defeated her Arab nations, uh, those Arab neighbors in the Six-Day War, but uh, and gained control again of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. But again, that was 53 years ago. And so I don't know that that's what Jesus is talking about for sure, and there are different opinions and different views on that. What I do believe Jesus is saying is this that the generation that is alive on the earth at the time when all these final hard labor pains begin to come to pass will be the generation that will see the coming of the Lord that once these things begin to intensify that that will be the end and all these things will be fulfilled what Jesus is saying here folks is he's stressing the short span of time in which these things will take place because from the time of the rising up of the Antichrist until the second coming and the revelation of Jesus Christ will be a period of seven years, a very short period of time. The generation that is here to see the rise of the Antichrist will see the coming of the Son of Almighty God. They are concluding signs that he has given us to show us that we are living in the very end of this age. Jesus made it sure there in verse 31 where he said that heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away are you listening to me this verse is a confirmation it's a confirmation that everything that Jesus has said in the scripture everything that he has prophesied concerning the end times and his return everything that he said every word that he spoke is going to come to pass it doesn't make any difference what the scoffers say it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not or whether I believe it or not it doesn't make any difference what the politicians say I'm telling you that heaven and earth will pass away but what he has spoken in this word will surely come to pass you can mark it down you can put it in the bank amen it's a call today for you and I to believe what the word of God says Jesus said not one job not one tittle will pass away from the Word of God, from the prophecies that He has spoken. Everything that He has said concerning the end time and His coming will come to pass. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will not pass away. Can you say, Amen? The promise of His coming is just as sure as the sun coming up tomorrow and setting tomorrow evening. And ready or not, ladies and gentlemen, ready or not, Jesus is coming back again. There are signs of His coming, but then there's also the secrecy of His coming. Jesus made the statement there in verse 32. He said, but of that day, now notice this, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven or the Son, but only the Father. So the timing of his coming is a hidden time. No one knows when Jesus is coming back. We can see the signs that tell us how near we are, but no one knows the day and no one knows the time and no one knows the hour because it's a secret it's the best kept secret that there is amen hallelujah Paul said for you yourselves know that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night Jesus in Revelation sixteen fifteen said the same thing he said behold I come as a thief and then in Matthew 24 he said if the good of the house would have known at what hour the thief was going to come he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken into so the fact is Jesus is saying look at the signs you don't know the day you don't know the hour you won't know the time nobody knows it but it will be a sudden coming it will be in a moment in the twinkling of an eye the coming of the Lord is an hour of certainty, but it's also an hour of mystery. And what Jesus is saying here, the point that he's making is this, that it is foolish, are you hearing me today? It is foolish for anyone to try and set dates concerning the Lord's return. And people just, you know, in spite of what the Bible says, in spite of what Jesus says, there are always those that are trying to set dates of when the Lord's coming back. One, one preacher made this statement. He said people who set times and dates for the return of the Savior are unquestionably stupid. I say amen to that. They are unquestionably stupid. Back in 1988, that, I can't remember the guy's name. He worked for NASA. He wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come Back in 1988. People bought that book. They devoured that book. They believed that. They made preparation. They sold stuff. They, they, they quit their jobs. They were sure the Lord was coming back. Little did they know if they would have just read what Jesus said, no. Nobody knows the day. You can read the signs, but you don't know the time or the day or the hour. Amen? And so they're always trying to predict. By the way, we know Jesus didn't come back in 1988, so the guy wrote a book the next year, why he would come back in uh, 1989. And he didn't come back then either. Amen? So it is stupidity. It is foolishness for anyone to try to pinpoint the very Day or the hour of the Lord's coming. The only one who knows the timing of the Lord's coming is the one who planned his coming. God himself knows the very day. It is circled, oh hallelujah, it is circled on the calendar in heaven. God knows the very day. He knows the very hour. He knows the very minute. He knows the very second that Jesus is coming Back and the coming of the Lord will take place. Hallelujah. He knows and He's given us signs and He's telling us be alert and be watchful and know the signs that the coming of the Lord is near. Hallelujah. It's near. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, let me catch my breath. Jesus is talking about here in this passage His second coming to earth. He's talking here about the second advent. and I think we all here today, and I've preached it, I've taught it, we know the difference between the rapture and the second coming or the second advent. He's talking in these verses about the time when He comes back to the earth. We see it in Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 16 when he comes back riding that white horse and all the armies of heaven with him which are the glorified saints riding on those white horses with him to to fight the armies of the Antichrist at the battle of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo. That's the second coming when he will defeat the armies of Antichrist when he will be crowned king of kings and lord of lords, and he will rule and reign on this earth, ushering in the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign of Christ, and he will rule and reign on this earth for 1,000 years. That's what Jesus is talking about here in verse 26 when he said, and then shall they see the the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. That's what he's referring to when it said in, in the book of Revelation that every eye shall see him. That shall take place when he literally comes back to this earth to set his feet upon the mount of olives hallelujah and to reign on the earth and i want to tell you i got to stop right here and just tell you glory to god there won't be any elections there won't be any there won't be any ballot counting there won't be any voter fraud and nobody nobody is going to say that jesus can't rule nobody's going to vote him in and nobody's going to vote him out he's coming back to rule with a rod of iron Hallelujah. And the rule of law will be this book. I said the rule of law. There won't be no Congress. There won't be no Pelosi. Come on, somebody. There won't be no Democratic Party. There won't be no Republican Party. It will not be a democracy, but it will be a theocracy where the Lord Jesus Christ will rule and reign on this earth. That day is coming. I said that day is coming. I said that day is coming coming soon. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Here I go. I'm trying to keep my composure. But he's coming back before that second advent. Whew, hallelujah. He's coming back because there's two parts, if you want to put it that way or look at it that way, or two parts to the second coming. And the first part is what we refer to as the rapture of the church. The event known as the rapture. When he will appear in the clouds above the earth. He won't come back literally to the earth at that time. But Paul said that he will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the first resurrection will take place. The dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and remain will be caught up together with with them to meet the Lord in the air. That's the rapture of the church. When he appears in the clouds, he comes in the clouds above the earth to call his redeemed people to him. When he comes in that rapture, ladies and gentlemen, every saint of God... Who has died in Christ? The soul and their spirit has been and is with Him in heaven. But the souls and the spirits of the redeemed will come back with Him at that rapture, at that day of the resurrection, and He will reunite the body, the soul and the spirit with their body, and their bodies will, they're coming, glory to God, coming out of that grave. Amen. There will be a resurrection, the first resurrection, the resurrection of the just. He will raise the bodies of all those who have died in Christ. He will raise them up and every living child of God that is, that is on this earth at that time, every born-again believer when this event takes place will immediately be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And the mortal will put on immortality and corruption will put on incorruption. And every born-again believer, hallelujah, will be caught up with them the air to meet the Lord in the air our mortal bodies will become just like his glorified body and all the saved every saved person everyone in Christ will leave this world on the day that the trump of God sounds and the rapture of the church takes place we're leaving this world I'm getting ready to leave this world. Can I get an amen? There are no signs that precede this event. The rapture is a signless event. But one minute the people of God will be here and the next minute they will be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. Those who are left behind will have to face the terror of that great tribulation. Let me tell you something today if you're going to be ready for anything. Be ready for the rapture of the church. Are you listening to me? If you're going Going to be looking for anything anticipating anything expecting anything be expecting and anticipating the rapture of the church I'm not I refuse to anticipate or expect a dark winter I'm anticipating and expecting the Lord of glory to come back for his church hallelujah it could happen today There are signs that must be fulfilled before his second advent to the earth. Things that have to happen. He couldn't come back to the earth today because too many things yet to be fulfilled. But nothing's prohibiting him from coming for his saints and for his church. That's the next great event that we're expecting and looking forward to. Are you all with me? You ain't, gone, you ain't left me. You ain't gone home, okay? You're, you're, you're still here, okay? The Word of God is very clear, folks, that Jesus is coming, and we've got to live every single day and every single moment as if He could come for us, for the church at any moment. The pieces are all in place. The end time players, like a chess game, are all being moved into place by the hand of God to bring about what He has prophesied and spoken of in His Word. Amen? The stage is being set The church age is just about, this age of grace is almost over. This dispensation of grace has been in effect now for over 2,000 years and we're coming to the end of the age. We're nearing that day. So... My question to you today is, are you ready for that? Because ready or not, here He comes. Oh, hallelujah. It's a serious matter. Amen? Now, I'm not being gloom and doomer today. But it's a serious matter. And Jesus gives us in this passage... He gives us the challenge to watch in reference to His coming. And in reference to the last days and to the signs that are appearing, He mentions the word, He uses the word watch in this text three different times in those verses. So He's trying to stress the point to us that He wants people to be on the alert. That we're to live every moment in an anticipation and expectation of His return. Jesus said in verse 35 there, He mentions four watches. He mentions the evening, the midnight, the rooster crowing, and the morning. Four different watches. And what He's saying is to, to, to be alert... To watch because you don't know he could come at any one of those times. The indication is that Jesus that ge- Jesus gives is that he would come when he's least expected. That's why he said. That's why he said in Matthew twenty four, well, "If you knew what hour the thief would come, you would have watched. You would have been ready." And he likens his coming to that. And he's telling us to be alert and to watch. That's what that word watch means. It means to be awake. Is anybody awake today? It means to be attentive. It means to be ready. The idea of watching is the idea of a watchman who dares not fall asleep while he's on duty. You all know my favorite, my favorite all-time TV show is Andy Griffith. And remember Asa? the night watchman, anybody that's watched Andy Griffith Griffith knows Asa, the night watchman, the watchman at the bank I mean he sleeps all the time. The bank could be robbed the thief could come in but the watchman is asleep God help us today. We got people in the church that are sound asleep. They may be wide awake mentally and alert mentally but spiritually the devil has put them into a sleep and a slumber. We We've got preachers today that are not watchmen on the wall they're tickling people behind the ears, they're telling them everything is alright don't worry, they're telling them go ahead and do what they tell, what, what your what the government tells you to do go ahead and shut down your church you've got to obey the government after all, let me tell you, they're asleep, it's not time to close shop up it's time to get up on the wall and put the trumpet to our lips and declare we're in the end and Jesus is coming back and people better be alert today amen that watchman who dares not go to sleep and there are enemies today ladies and gentlemen while the church is sleeping while the watchman on the wall the preachers have went into a slumber The enemy has come in and infiltrated our churches and turned us from the old ways and from the old paths. And the world has come in and grabbed our attention and captivated us with its pleasure to conform to its ways. Satan's desire is to lure us to sleep by telling us that we have plenty of time not to get excited. Don't listen to that old loud mouth spitting and sputtering preacher up there. You, he, you've heard all this all your life. You've heard about the coming of the Lord, but he hasn't come yet. That's what the enemy would love to say to you but I'm telling you Jesus, Jesus Jesus is coming ready or not he's coming ready or not he's saying here I come and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to wake up I'm trying to sound the alarm don't hit the snooze wake up abundant life wake up folks that are sitting at home wake up and get yourself back into the the House of God, Jesus Christ, is coming back again. Less coming suddenly," he said, he find you sleeping. speaks of a state of and here's where the church, the majority of the church is today, not all, but a big portion. Sleeping speaks of a state of laxity negligence, unconcern, lack of interest in the things of God. Paul said it would be they would be lovers of pleasure rather or more than lovers of God. Sunday mornings we have other things to do. It's going to be a pretty day today, so we can just mm, go on a picnic we can do go boating. We can do this or that. There's a laxity. There's an indifference. There's a slumbering going on spiritually in the body of Christ. I'm getting off my notes now. I better, <laughs> I better move along. But let me tell you something. Because of that unconcern and that lack of interest in the things of God... Today, the church needs a revival. We need a revival like we've never had revival before. We need, what it, when, when everybody's asleep, what do you need? You need to be woke up you need a spiritual awakening and that's what the church needs today our nation needs a spiritual awakening, America needs a revival America needs a spiritual awakening and a move of God, but we're not going to see that in America until the church rises up, until the church wakes up, in the dark hour that the glory of the Lord will arise upon the church that's what we need today we need a mighty outpouring today of the Holy Spirit, a fresh anointing fresh oil a fresh baptism and filling with the Holy Ghost some fresh power in the church wake up saints wake up we need a revival today I ain't getting much amen on that but that's the truth Paul said in Romans 13 and do this knowing that the time knowing the time that now it's high time to awake from sleep Wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch. First Thessalonians 5:6, let us watch. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch. Wake up and be sober. Jesus is saying, don't be indis- indifferent and insensitive to the spiritual things. Don't be a spiritual sleepwalker. It's seriousness. It's a serious situation that we're in today. And it grieves my heart and the heart of any true God called pastor to see Christians indifferent. And unconcerned. I talk to a lot of people, and whether it's from fear or just the fact that they have fallen away from the Lord, church attendance in about every church that I know of and every pastor I know of is about half what it was before the, when the COVID hit in the spring. About half, some less. Some. Have fully shut down never to recover because they couldn't financially they couldn't recover from the first shutdown. And I believe they'll probably institute another shutdown. And I know you never say never, because you wind up having to eat crow. But the only way that I'm closing this church is if there's an outbreak within the church, like there was a bunch of people sick, a government mandate a state mandate, a Joe Biden mandate will not lock the doors of abundant life family church. We will have church. We're not. We're not going to bow down to a corrupt Defiled, demon-possessed, and controlled bunch of leaders. That's their agenda, folks. That's their agenda. Well, that's what they're out to do: is to shut the mouth of the Christian, and to de- and to depress, and to stop, to suppress, and to close the church. That's the agenda. They're, they're, it's like I was talking to Brother Joe this morning, back in before Sunday school. It's the it's the frog in the water thing. He, you don't throw him in the boiling water, but you put him in nine cool water and let him feel comfortable and you turn it up just a little at a time and we are being acclimated and we are being conditioned and the devil is seeing how far he can go with the church he saw what the the, the, the leader saw what they could do back in March when they mandated a shutdown and and Biden's already said "Now I'm not putting him in office yet come on somebody but he's already said there'll be a lockdown there'll be a nationwide mask mandate he Saying all this, I refuse to acquiesce to the enemy. We've got to get a backbone, we got to get some boldness, we got to get wake up. I said, Wake up, church of the Lord Jesus Christ, wake up. Hallelujah. I just preached to you last week. Persecution's coming. I said it's coming. They told those apostles, they said, Don't you preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus? And Peter said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And I'm telling you, as long as the word of God says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And abundant life, family church. Well we can watch it online. That's nice getting ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Facebook's gonna censor everything. They've already changed the Donald Trump's status on Facebook from President of the United States to presidential candidate. Zuckerberg, is that his name? Oh boy, that's gonna get me in jail. If you think they're doing that now, you just ain't seen nothing yet. So if you think you're going to sit home in your jammies and watch church, that may not be available. But we will have church. Amen? Amen? Hey, listen, if you've got to wear a mask, wear a mask. I'm not opposed to it. I am opposed to being forced to do it. Amen? Do you understand where I'm at? I wasn't going to get on political stuff today. But I'm telling you, it's serious. See, today it'll be you need to close down your church for six weeks. Today it's you have to wear a mask. Today, it's in the near future, you'll have to get a vaccine. That's coming. We, 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 you'll have to have proof of a vaccine before you can shop or go back to work or buy or sell. Is that the mark? No. But it's conditioning the world for what's coming. And I've done seen right now. I've heard people say if I missed the rapture, I'd never take the mark of the beast. I see it now. Everybody, they're lined up like sheep to the slaughter now. Amen. Wake up, church. Watch and be sober for Jesus is soon to come and you don't want to miss it. It's serious stuff That I'm telling you today. I don't take what I'm saying lightly today. It's serious business. If we ever lived close to Jesus, it needs to be today, closer than we've ever been. I'm closing. I got two minutes and counting. Verse 34 Jesus. Jesus challenges us to watch, but then he challenges us to work. What do you do while you're watching? Just kick back on the couch? Just take it easy, be a spiritual couch tater? He's challenging us to watch, but also to work. Verse 34, he said, It's like a man going into a far country who left his house, gave authority to his servants, and notice this, and to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Notice in verse 32, he said, I think it's verse 32, he says, and he commanded each, gave to each his work, each one, while they're waiting While they're watching for the coming of the Lord, for the Lord to come back, He assigned them responsibilities and duties. And I'm going to hurry through this because I know this is not the part anybody wants to hear. We like to hear about the sound of the trumpet and the resurrection, the graves busting open and our bodies being changed and going to be with Jesus. But Jesus said that He went away. When He went away, He led captivity captive gave gifts unto men, gave gifts to the church, and assigned duties, come on somebody, assigned responsibilities and duties to every single one of us that are in the body of Christ. We are all a part of the body of Christ. We're members in particular. We all have a role to play and and, and duties that the Lord has given us and responsibilities. Some are called to preach. Some to teach. Others, He's given the responsibility to serve as deacons. Others, He's called and and, and given the, the call to serve as youth workers and children's ministry workers. Some, He's called and given the job of singing and playing music. Okay man and we're leading us in, in worship. Some are greeters. Some are nursery workers. In the body of Christ, there are different roles. There are different obligations. We have those that the Lord is, you, does use here. Brother Terry and Brother Wayne that take care of the mowing of the grass so the pastor doesn't have to mow the grass during the summer. They mow the grass, and they keep everything looking so nice. Amen. We have He's given to some responsibilities of maintenance work and painting as brother Jim does. There's different callings and there's different responsibilities. And some are intercessors and some are prayer warriors. And somebody said, well, there's a lot of things I can't do anymore. My Lord, if you can get full of the Holy Ghost and know how to do spiritual warfare and pray in the Holy Ghost and pray for me and pray for this church and pray for lost souls and pray against the powers of darkness, that's an awesome responsibility that the Lord, He's looking for people to stand in the gap make up the hedge and pray every member has an assignment and a responsibility and when he came back I think I've lost some of you when he came back he expected them to have their work done to do the job that he would called them to do sad to say This will preach. Sad to say, we have a lot of <clears throat> lily Christians in the church today. Somebody said, "What's a lily Christian?" It's what Jesus said about the lilies of the field. They don't toil and they don't spin. They don't do anything. I better. I better jot that down, did not go over well. So many Christians are just spiritually lazy, kind of like the old farmer, you know, that (laughs) the old farmer. He had an old shed needed tore down. I don't know anybody like that. Had an old shed needed tore down, and he waited until a storm, heavy wind came, knocked the shed down. He didn't have to do that. His truck needed washing, but he just waited for a big thunderstorm to come. A big rainstorm washed his truck, so he didn't have to do that. He's just sitting back and somebody said, What are you waiting on now? He said, I'm waiting for an earthquake. Shake them taters out of the ground. <laughs> he didn't want to do that either. Amen. He just wanted And that's the way so many of us are. You know, we just wanna, we just wanna kick back sit back in our in our in our, in our in our, you know spiritual spiritual lazy boy and say "Oh, well, somebody will do it somebody will do it listen when you're praying when you're praying listen we, we got a great our worship team does a great job but we're lacking a keyboard player there's somebody listen to me is anybody here is anybody listening today there's somebody that God has called and given the talent and given the anointing to play the keyboard for a worship team and they're out here somewhere not obeying the call of God they need to be in abundant life family church is anybody here hear me today Jesus assigned to them their work is what it said and when he came back he took account of whether they had fulfilled their obligations I want to be found doing what the Lord's called me to do amen Are are you hearing me come on every church every church ought to look like the unemployment line at the, at the employment office there should be a line there people saying I need a job pastor I need to do something I need to work for Jesus he's a and everybody is to be used for the Lord I know I'm going too long but I gotta let you know we're in a serious time we're at the end of time we're gonna stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ at the rapture and give an account for what we have have done for him in this life. I appreciate Sister Betty Hull playing the guitar. And she came months, some months back, and she said, I'm gonna have to step down. I'm gonna have to give it up because she said, I just can't, I just can't get these new songs. I can't play them right. And I said, well, I understand that. There's, I don't know nothing about music, but I, know, I don't know what B-flat is, but I understand it's hard. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? She came to me a week or so later, and she said, you know what? I'm staying up there. I said, well, good. She said she was praying, and the Lord spoke to her and said, I didn't give up on you. So don't you give up on that worship team. And she's still up there, and she's learning, and God's teaching her, and she's playing the guitar. Come on, somebody, amen. (laughs) Easiest thing to do is quit. Boy, we've had a bunch of that, amen. Oh, i got to move on. Remember one time a guy... Was witnessing, and he asked a guy. He asked a guy. He said, "Are you working for the Lord?" The response was, "I don't. I didn't know he was hiring." <laughs> Can I tell you what? He's hiring. He's looking for people that will do the work that he's called. Vicky, I've told you this before. Vicky's our utility player around here. You know, a utility player on the baseball team, they play every position. They're just anywhere they're needed for that day. And that's what God's called her to do. She cooks dinner for the board meetings. She uh, she works the sound. She works the projector or not the projector yeah i guess it is the project the screen the word she works that she's back she left there went back to children's church you know she works the nursery she teaches back there the kids and and uh, you know just i I can't name everything i'm not trying to build her up but she needs a little building up amen because listen she does this for the lord she does not want she doesn't want any recognition she doesn't want a pat on the back she never complains about anything but you know why she does it is because she's been assigned that job that calling that task that responsibility by the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm telling you what glory to God when he comes back and she stands before him I'm, I'm expecting her probably to have more crowns than I got amen she'll get a bunch of crowns just for putting up with me for, for 48 years amen hallelujah she ain't a backer or not in her head. She's agreeing with that. Hey. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But she's gonna be rewarded, and so are you. Amen. God's not asking, listen, listen, God's not asking us to do do something great. I'm not looking for the reward of a Billy Graham or, or an RW Shambach or anything like that. But I can tell you what, my reward will be just as great as theirs if I'm just faithful to do the work that God has called me to do and to feel in and where God has called me to, to, to work and to be faithful. He said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant servant not successful servant not 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 a didn't matter if he was a one talent a two talent a five talent or a ten talent servant but he was faithful with what he had do the work that God's called you to do he's coming back and my reward he said is with me to give to every man according to his work stand with me worship team come on back I went over